the first thing is to open the eyes of the people. In other words, the Bible says here clearly on that was Jesus, what he said, that the whole world, everyone is blind. Did you know that? If you wouldn't have experienced Jesus, we would have been blind for everything of God. Now, spiritual blindness is that what we see in the world. And God wants to open the eyes of the people. Now, a few days ago, my dear brother and I, we were walking because sometimes I need to walk a little bit and in order to get my sugar level down, the doctors say that I have got problems with my sugar level. I have to measure it and I do it. And then if I see it's a little bit higher than normal, I have to walk. And so we went for a walk. We came back and passed by one of our neighbors. And we, come into, we came into a conversation. And then I told him about what I experienced a few years ago with the Lord when I was dead on the side of the road. I told him, and I told him very clearly, as I understand, that the Lord sent an angel to me. Do you believe in angels? I do, hallelujah. And my wife believes too. And she has seen this angel. I know, you haven't, oh, he was gone already. But that's, that's the thing. And as I was talking about these things, and so speaking about God and Jesus Christ, then he said, well, I am an agnostic. Now, you know, there are atheists, and atheists are those who don't like God, who are enemies of God. Agnostics are those who are blind. They say, in other words, I don't know anything about God. I have no idea agnostic. And I told him that the Lord has raised me again. And even when Ella came with me in the paramedic car and the doctor in hospital, he said, oh, your husband was lucky. Now I must tell you, luck never ever was on my side. But Jesus is on my side. Amen. We don't believe in luck. And she said, no, we don't believe in luck. And she told the scripture in Psalm 37, 23. She knew it by heart. And it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. And that's important to know that my steps are being ordered by God. God knows everything and he will show us his way. Now, what is blindness? People are blind because of sin. Remember, sin never ever gives us enlightenment. Satan was trying to con Eve. You know the story? When he said, well, the day you eat of this fruit, God knows that you will see the thing. For God knows that in that day you eat of it or from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Are we like God? 
Satan is a con. Never ever believe anything what he says. And Eve got conned by Satan. And we know what happened. Sin came into this world. Remember, here is the beginning of all false religions. All religions claim to have a cosmic enlightenment. And that was with the Greek then in the times of uh, Paul. They thought, and we speak about these other Gnostics, you know, in pagan Greek. They said, well, we have got enlightenment. And this enlightenment was nothing. They couldn't see anything of God. They were blind, and everybody is blind. But Paul saw differently why it is that way. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers that they might not see the gospel of the glory of God. Do you believe the gospel is the gospel of the glory of God? Amen? Hallelujah. And that's what we preach, the gospel of the glory of God. Remember, open eyes, after they have been opened, force us to change our way. That's so important. There was a blind man in an apartment store. You know, they have everywhere their lifts and so on. And so, and there was a, a change in the department store. The lift shaft was open. They just had perhaps a little cord or so. And there was a blind man and he had his dog. And the dog went there and stopped before the open lift shaft. And this blind man was a little bit uh, angry at his dog. He said, go, go. And the dog sat there. And you can't make a dog go if the dog wants to sit. You can't make it. And people realized there was some kind of commotion there in front of the open uh, lift shaft. And they looked at it and they saw this blind man with his dog. They ran to him and said, man, this dog just saved your life. Here the lift is open and the shaft goes down. If you would have gone into it, you would have died. And that's what it is. And we see here clearly, when our eyes are being opened, then we see the situation. And the next thing is, what we preach for. Why do we preach? That your eyes might be opened first for the things of God. Secondly, then after your eyes have been opened, you turn around. If this blind man would have seen where he was, he would have gone around and he wouldn't have steered into the open shaft. Now, the German word for conversion, I hear some Germans, my dear brother Robert, he would understand it. The 
German word for conversion is Bekehrung. That means you turn around. As some churches nowadays also give their church that name, just a number, 180. First, I didn't know what should it mean. 180. Church, 180. That means it refers to the turnaround, 180 degrees. Very interesting name, isn't it, for a church? And they say exactly what it's all about. Now here, turn around from darkness to the light. Make no mistake, either you are converted or you're still perverted. Did you understand the difference? Either you have been converted and have come out of darkness into light. If you're not, then you're still perverted. You're still wrong. And the only light, or only in the light, is fellowship. Praise the Lord. Uh, some people have this kind of idea. When I was a young man and still working in my, my uh, profession, and they had ideas, that, oh, well, if we go to hell, they hurt me when I was witnessing to them. If we go to hell, we do something, we come together and have a wonderful party. There will be no party in hell. There will be no party in hell. And we as Christians, we don't celebrate parties. Can I hear an amen? We don't celebrate, we don't have parties. What do we have? If now my dear brother Robert would hear, he would tell us. And there's a word that starts with F. Fellowship. Hallelujah. When we come together, we don't have parties. Neither will be there a party in heaven. Where do they get that from? I don't know. But the Bible says clearly in 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have a party together. Yes, Peter? We have fellowship with one another. Amen? Fellowship. A total different thing. We have fellowship with one another. And then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. What does it say there? Cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. Only in the fellowship with God and fellowship with one another, we can have the joy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now we have to turn from the dominion of Satan to God. That's why we preach. That's why Paul was preaching everywhere where he was. Everyone, now listen, that's important. Everyone not living in the kingdom of God. Where is he living then? Where is he living then? Where is he living then? 
everyone not living in the kingdom of God according what the Lord told Paul then on the road to Damascus is what? He is still in the domain of Satan. I'm not saying that you are Satanist, but Satan is to domineering your life. And that's what the Bible says very clearly. Paul, when he gave his life to the Lord, he was under new management. Have you heard that word? Management. Don't be fooled. If you go to a restaurant, it was last time a good steak or whatever, and all of a sudden they have got a sign over there. Under what? Under new management. And it should attract people. You would think, ah, it has been better. It's not. It's not. Perhaps a new management. I don't know whether the food is the same. Just be sure of it. It doesn't mean anything. But Paul was under new management. And we read it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 28. As it's no longer I who liveth, but Christ lives in me. So he was under new management. Are you under new management? Are you? Oh, Moses was. If you read it in Hebrews chapter 11, in these two verses, and I just like it, what the Bible says there. But by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing the endurance of ill treatment with the people of God, then to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. Moses, one day, when he got older and grown up, he saw exactly who Pharaoh was. He was not his granddad. No. That's what people tried to tell him. And when Moses came before Pharaoh, but in the meantime, sometimes he was also with his real mother. What was the name of his real mother? Jochebed. And she might have told him, listen, Moses, you are there living at the palace of Pharaoh. But there was a day, there was a day where the daughter of Pharaoh took you away. But actually, Moses, you are my boy. You belong to, the, to these Hebrews. You belong to the people of Israel. And when he came back to the palace, and he was there, and Pharaoh did, did this, come, come Moses, sit down here on my lap. Perhaps one day he said, no. No. You know that's something that happened with children, yeah? Everything is okay. All of a sudden, either they have, uh, uh, I don't know what. Then say, no. No. Moses all of a sudden said, no. Why? 
He was already that smart. He understood there are two worlds. There's a world with my mother, Jochebed. And there's a world there at Pharaoh's palace. And it says, he didn't want to be called any longer a daughter of Pharaoh's, or a son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now the next thing, what we must preach, and it is this, for forgiveness and inheritance. And that's important. Forgiveness and inheritance. Forgiveness is restoring our relationship to God again, our Heavenly Father. Now, have you had the story or have you read the story about in Luke chapter 15? What do you read there? You know, Luke chapter 15 is always about three things which got lost. Which were they? The first, the lost sheep. The second, the lost coin. And third, we in English say prodigal son. It's wrong. Prodigal refers only to money, squandering money. But he was the lost son. He says, now he was dead and now he is alive. He was lost and has been found. Now imagine this, when this prodigal, so-called prodigal son, came home and we read in Luke 15, 21, he had a day or a moment when he was with the pigs. That was his job. When he was with the pigs. You know, perhaps he did like a pig. And he smelled like a pig. And perhaps he was like a pig in his sinful life. But he came home and he said, one day he said, I want to go home to my father. And will say to him, I'm not worthy to be called your, your son. I've sinned against you and heaven. And then he said, make me to one of your workers or hired workers. Now the day came, he came home. And the father saw him. Read this, the whole story in Luke chapter 15. The father saw him, and there was in the far away in a distance, he saw a kind of a hippie. You know what the hippies were? I know you don't know about the hippies anymore. There was in our times when we were younger. Pastor Gary, do you remember the hippie time? Sure, I do. Pardon? Oh, they were before you. Okay. Now, uh, he looks like a hippie. Long hair. And all his clothes were just rags. And what do we read? When the father looked at him, the father ran towards him. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden he saw some things that could be my son. But when he went away, oh, he had nice 
blonde hair and he went with all he had and now he came back with long blonde hair. <laughs> they, were, they were the hippies then. And then he trained on his way home. He wanted to do and say the right things before his father. Father, I have sinned before you and in heaven. I'm not worth to be called your son. Now the moment came where the father took him in his arms. And he forgot his line. He has practiced so hard from where he came to home. The father took him in his arm and squeezed him so wonderfully. Every father loves it when his son comes home to the Lord. He loves it. He loves it. And the father took him in his arms. And then he tried to remember his line he was practicing all the way on the way. Now, how far did he get? Have you read it? How far did he get in his line? Did he say his whole line? You know, his whole line was this. He practiced that. Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I'm not worth to be called your son. Make me one of your servants, slave servants. Now listen. When he was in the arms of the father, he confessed very clearly, but he forgot a line. Hallelujah. He forgot a line. Which line did he forget? Make me one of your servants. He couldn't get to say it anymore because the father pressed him so hard for joy. He said, I'm not worse to be called your son. And all of a sudden he was in. Father took him in. And the father said then, kill the fattened calf. He didn't say, Dad, I'm sorry, Dad. He didn't say that, um, just a moment, uh, my friends are out there. My friends are out there. And they said, we're going to chuck a party for you for your return back to your father. Father, I need a thousand dollars in order to chuck a party. What did the father say? Just a moment, son. After you have come to the Father, you don't check parties any longer. You have fellowship with the children. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He couldn't, so I imagine, he couldn't hear the word party anymore. That's why in heaven there are no parties. 
in heaven is fellowship. There's joy with the Son of God. There's heaven. There's the glory of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I even don't know how to chuck a party. Pastor Gary, have you got any idea? What, what do you have to do to chuck a party? What? I have got no idea. I yeah, throw it away, yes. But I've got no idea. No, he couldn't hear that word party with the world any longer. He was now in a fellowship with the Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you longing for parties? The Lord has to get you to this point. This lost son, he came to his senses. Forgiveness was also acknowledging him as his son. Hallelujah. As his son. He accepted him in his sonship. It's more, it's more than just being a servant a son of the Father. Hallelujah. He was now in fellowship with the Father again. And we have got one dear brother in this church. And his favorite word is what? Sister Vani. What is it? Fellowship. You have been married to him, yes? And you learned it. And I learned it too. Fellowship. That's why we are called Kingsway Christian what? Fellowship. It's so wonderful to be together. Hallelujah. So, and now... As a son, what's the end of it? As a son. In these days, last week, I listened to a tape and testimony of a, what do you call this? Yeah, Facebook. And what amazes me I'm so glad God is doing his work in people in such a marvelous way. And especially this happened in Germany. Can something good happen in Germany? Yes. Yes. Was a young man, I think, I guess, when it happened to him about 25 years. He went to the doctor and the doctor said, you have the so-called blood 
cancer or yeah, leukemia. Incurable. He know and knew what it meant. He went as a child to church. Then he got chemo. He went to the hospital and this leukemia was so advanced that his kidneys were eaten up. And other organs as well. His lung. Yes. But there was his mother and Ella knows her because she came from the church where Ella actually comes from. And that's amazing. When I heard this story, when I heard this story, I must say, I, I was so rejoicing in the Lord. It happened to you. Is there anyone who sometimes can't sleep at night? When I heard this story, I could not sleep. I had to roll out of my bed on my knees before my bed and thank the Lord for the great miracle. God touched him and healed him. He got two new kidneys. Yes, two new kidneys. How God did it, I don't know. And he has got all the doctor's reports from the hospital. He died. And I'm very careful with all these reports. People say, I was in heaven. Very careful if it's not covering what this book says. No matter how dramatically it might sound, don't believe it. Everything has to be checked against this book. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. He said, I, all of a sudden I saw my body going up in the hospital towards the ceiling. He didn't know that it was a dying process. His name is Frank Brido. Now he's over 50. I haven't heard about this just recently. And God healed him so perfectly unbelievable. When he was in heaven, he saw a, a city, a so-called golden city. That's what he had the impression the Bible speaks about. And there at the wall, there was a wall and a very shiny place. He was led there. And that was a pearly gate. That pearly gate opened. Have you read in the Bible about a pearly gate? Or can you read it somewhere in a fairy tale story? No, it's in the Bible. Hallelujah. This door was opened 
and you stepped into heaven. Or into, yeah. And he stepped towards Jesus. He came to him. And what he experienced there is unimaginable. And he tried to explain it as good as he could. He said, because he was interviewed on TV in Germany. And this interviewed lady, she wanted to know. And after the interview was done, she, she said, Frank, what, what have you got in plan? What, what are you doing? Of course, now he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm looking forward for heaven because you had to come back. The Lord said, go back, go back. And that's wonderful. Now this mother of his, she prayed with him there in hospital 14 hours. That's prayer. 14 hours. Mother, father, would you do it? She held his hand and she realized that the hand became very soft. There was a moment where he, where he died, where he was dead. When I heard this story, I must say, oh God, oh God, how marvelous are you. Heaven is real. Heaven is real. Hallelujah. Heaven is real. And then it says here, in order that people might oh, get their eyes open, turn around from the domain of Satan into the fellowship with Jesus in order to be, or in order to get the inheritance of God. There is an unbelievable inheritance prepared for you and me. Hallelujah. It's being called heaven. It's being called heaven. We know all these wonderful choruses. In Sunday school we sang these. Heaven is a wonderful place. Filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Do you want to see your Savior's face? I want to see Heaven is a wonderful, heaven is a glorious, heaven is a wonderful place. That's the inheritance we will get. A little story I want to conclude with. There was a man, and we called him today, Homeless people. Have you heard about them? Homeless people. 
They have nowhere to go. And there was this man, he lived his whole life homeless. And so years after years passed and so on. And one day, when he got older, perhaps like me, don't know, somehow in him was this desire coming up. I want to at least one, at least once stand before the house of my parents. He knew where they were, and he went to go there. He came to the place, and he saw the house opposite the house on the curb, he sat down, saw this house. In his spirit, he saw him as a boy running around playing there. And as he was sitting there, somebody came along, tapped him on his shoulder and said, Ah, you know what? Not this and this man. Yes. Man, you are being looked for. The police is looking for you. Oh, perhaps you might have thought in all my travels through my life, I might have done something wrong, and now the police is after me. And then the next day he went to, to the police. The police said, man, where have you been all these years? Where have you been? You are a rich man. He couldn't understand it. There was a letter from somewhere in America from a county court that he was the sole heir of huge, huge monies and properties in America. His rich uncle passed away and he gave him all this property. Unfortunately, he was now already too old. So rich and still so poor. Many Christians, they don't know we don't have a rich uncle in America. But we have a rich brother in heaven. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. We have got a rich brother in heaven. And all the glory he has and all the things he has, he has prepared for you and me. Amen? In my father's house, Jesus said, there are many, many mentions Hallelujah. And if it wouldn't have been that way, then I tell you, I'm going to go and prepare it for you. He has prepared one for me. Anybody else here who has got a prepared mansion in heaven? Can I see you? Hallelujah. Don't we want to go there all together? Yes? Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to heaven. Where are going? Where are you going to? Heavenly Father, I thank you.
Lord, that's what we should preach. That's what you have assigned your ministers and evangelists, O Lord, to preach that the eyes of the world, the people of the world might be opened. That it might turn around, O Lord, from the dominion of Satan and come into the kingdom of God. That we might become heirs. Hallelujah. I'm an heir of all these things. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.